0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, at the end of last week's show, I said we'd start getting some more answers about Stanford, starting with its season opener against Kansas State. And maybe we got some, but I think a whole lot of questions still remain. We'll try to sort through as many of both the questions and the answers around stanford football as we can that's what we do best on this episode of the tree cast with troy clarity on the believe podcast network great to have you with us sunday september 5th 2021 on this labor day weekend if you have the labor day off or even if you don't enjoy it either way and uh, try to uh, spend some time um with folks that you love And uh, do it safely and responsibly and wear a mask. And it's probably a good time to get vaccinated if you haven't to this point. I'm Troy Clarity. So glad that you're with us here and so happy to be talking Stanford football, even though we're talking about a Cardinal loss, 24-7 the final. Uh, Stanford could not get it done in North Texas in the season opener against Kansas State. You're going to hear from David Shaw, linebacker Ricky Miazon, and wide receiver Bryson Tremaine portions of their postgame thoughts to the media as you'll hear from them coming up a bit later on in the show and obviously we'll break down the quarterback situation we'll give you i'll, I'll give you my my, my thoughts my, my more well-formed thoughts i have knee-jerk thoughts after every game but i like to kind of sit back a little bit get a good night's sleep and and maybe have some things a bit more fully formed before I hit the microphone and uh, drop those thoughts on you on the tree cast. I'll present those uh, offensively and defensively in just a few moments, a bit later on in the show. And we bring back a favorite feature of the program: stock up and stock down. We'll do that at the uh, towards the end of the show as well. Thanks for being with us. I'm Troy Clarity. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is C-L-A-R-D-Y. Season number 29 of following Stanford football. Season number eight of Pac-12 Network play-by-play. This fall, I've got soccer, field hockey, and uh, volleyball. So looking forward to diving in more into that. This is my eighth season with the Pac-12 Network is underway. Stanford football season is also underway. And Kansas State Wasted little time. They spotted themselves a 14-0 halftime lead. Their quarterback, Skylar Thompson, with a 6-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. And then a damaging 59-yard touchdown run by Deuce Vaughn midway through the second quarter. Key penalty helped Kansas State kick a field goal early in the fourth quarter. And then an interception led to Kansas State's last touchdown in a 24-0 lead. And the Cardinals were in danger of being shut out for the first time since 2006. That was until Bryson Tremaine caught a great ball from Tanner McKee uh, for a 14-yard touchdown with 3.16 left. Final score, Kansas State 24, Stanford 7. David Shaw's immediate postgame thoughts after it was all said and done. This
1: game was not indicative of how, how hard we've played, how hard we've practiced, and how well we've practiced. Uh, disappointing to me because put that on my shoulders that we didn't go out there and, and execute better. Um, uh, our guys are going to be sick when they watch this film because the opportunities are going to be there. They're going to be there. We did not take advantage.
0: Yeah, not the best way for Stanford football to start this season. We will dive more into that with three things you need to know about Stanford, Kansas State in just a moment. But first, this reminder, it is football time Team's back on the gridiron to begin the football season, and as always, bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, uh, props, and contests, all sorts of things. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers And the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. A lot of things to sort through from Stanford and Kansas State from the Cardinal perspective. Let's begin with three things you need to know from Saturday's season opener. As always, we begin with number one. And until someone separates themselves, we're going to be talking a lot about the Stanford quarterbacking situation. Uh, As promised, uh, we saw a lot of Jack West, who got the start for the Cardinal, and a lot of Tanner McKee, who uh, also played as well throughout the course of the game. West, with the start, went 8-12 for 76 yards. McKee, through Stanford's only score, he finished 15-18 of for 118 yards. West ran five drives, McKee ran four. West threw two bad interceptions. And McKee had some throws and an early slide on a third down scramble deep in his own territory that that I'm sure he would like to have back. Wide receiver Bryson Tremaine was asked if running two quarterbacks out there caused any special challenges for Stanford offensively.
2: I don't think so. I think it was just our execution on both sides with penalties and, um, just us not executing to our best ability, um, because I know you know we can make plays with both quarterbacks. We've been doing that in camp, so I mean I'm sure they're gonna choose a guy down the line, but that's the, you know that's the coach's decision, and yeah, they're gonna make the best
0: decision for our team. That's Bryson Tremaine who caught a 27-yarder from West. That was his best throw of the day. McKee actually completed eight straight at one point, but but big throws, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on. Big throws for the quarterbacks, few and far between for the most point. What does it all mean? More on this in a couple of minutes. Let's get to number two. And I got tipped off on Friday afternoon about Jacob mangum Ferrar, Stanford inside linebacker. Coaches and players have been raving about him all throughout the spring and all throughout training camp. And I got, I got a tip off on Friday afternoon that he might not play. Sure enough, Mangum-Ferrar turned out to be a late scratch, as Lavani Demuni got the start, and we also saw a lot of uh, Tristan Sinclair as well. Kansas State noticed that pretty quickly, so Demuni and Sinclair rotated alongside Ricky Miaison, who played all for except I believe one series, perhaps early in the fourth quarter when it was Demuni and Sinclair, uh, the two inside linebackers. Uh, given that situation, I asked David Shaw how things shaped up at the inside linebacker spot against the Wildcats overall. Yeah, we thought Jacob was going to be able
1: to make it back. Uh, made the call uh, kind of late yesterday that probably not a good idea. Um, should be ready to play next week. He was really close this week. Uh, but I thought, you know, as, as last year proved, Levi uh, Demouni is a really good football player. Makes a lot of plays, makes a lot of tackles. Um, he made some nice plays today. Uh, If you remember two years ago, Tristan Sinclair didn't get a chance to play much last year, if at all. I don't believe he played at all last year. Uh, But the year before, uh, really played well in spurts. We think very highly of those two guys. And hopefully with Jacob back, we have a nice four-man rotation uh, at our inside linebacker.
0: Yeah, that's good news about uh, Jacob Mangum-Farrar, as uh, he is expected to be back uh, for USC. And that'll be a much-anticipated game, specifically for, for JMF. And Ricky Miazon. You'll hear why coming up later on in the show. Let's finish up three things with number three. Boy, penalties. Penalties for Stanford. Nine of them, as a matter of fact, uh, throughout the game for the Cardinal. And
1: many of them unforced. David Shaw was not thrilled. Uh, right now, I'm talking enough to be in the first game, especially on the offensive side. I mean, just jumping. In. It was loud, but it wasn't that loud. I think we, we jumped a couple times. We should not have jumped. Um, got lazy with our hands twice. Got holding calls. Um, you know the uh, the other ones. I mean, there's a pass interference where both guys are kind of pushing on each other. So that's a judgment call, and the refs got to make the best best judgment there. Obviously, we disagreed on that one. Um, but uh, besides that, I thought a lot of it was just first game, especially the first half. Once we settled down, we didn't have that many more after that. You know, but lining up off sides on the defensive side was was tough. But um, that didn't cost us that much. Well, actually, Coach, I, I, I thought the, the 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 Ethan
0: Bonner offside penalty, in a lot of ways, ended up being the difference in the game because that led directly uh, to Kansas State's uh, field goal that made it seventeen to nothing in a three score game instead of a two score game. So I, I would, I'm, I'm not so sure that uh, that didn't end up costing Stanford a whole lot uh, in the context uh, of that. Still, Stanford with seven offensive penalties. And really, those penalties prevented that Stanford offense, for the most part, from from, from being all that it could be. More on that in a second. But penalties and overall inefficiency, conspiring against the Cardinal, and an overall lackluster performance, especially offensively, for Stanford to open up the 2021 season. Those are three things. Some other numbers of interest: uh, Tremaine uh, with five catches for 62 yards and that touchdown. He was Stanford's leading receiver on the on the afternoon or morning, depending upon where you watch the game. Austin Jones, four catches for 30 yards, but just 25 yards on nine carries to lead Stanford. Nowhere near good enough uh, for Stanford in that uh, in that category. And after giving up 240 yards in the first half and you're going through that halftime, going, man, Stanford defense really needs to find something, embrace themselves, and finally, you know, see if they can get through this the best way they can. Stanford did, did, did respond and, and rebound defensively. They only gave up 104 yards uh, in the second half to the Wildcats. Ricky Miazon with eight total tackles, seven of them solo, and Dalen Wade Perry, Stephen Heron, and Tucker Fisk each with sacks and Heron in particular, I thought had some, some fantastic flashes um, in the second half. Matter of fact, as a team, Stanford defensively held Kansas state to just two of seven on third down. That's, that's usually pretty good. Now, of course, one of those third downs was the 59 yard touchdown run on third and 13, but, but still, still not bad in a lot of respects by the Stanford defense. well, Not in the second half, anyway. But, of course, the big storyline for this game for Stanford was the offense, specifically the quarterbacks. We told you about uh, the numbers from West and McKee. West is, again, with five drives on the day. McKee ran four. David Shaw was asked how things went at the
1: quarterback spot for Stanford afterwards. Some good, some bad for both. Um, Both guys throughout training camp. Practice extremely well, good with the ball, careful with the ball, accurate, decisive. Um, both guys a little inexperienced, and some of that showed up today. Um, I thought Jack started off really well, uh, behind the chains way too many times. False start, holding call, went backwards too many times. It's hard to play quarterback uh, when you're given those negative plays. Thought a couple of times in the first half, stepped up, made some really big time throws. You know, one big one on a deep crossing route. Uh, to Bryson Tremaine, um, a couple other opportunities in the middle. He made some nice throws to Ben, um, uh, but the turnover at the end of the half and you know turnover late. Those things are tough. Um, but uh, Tanner did a, did a solid job um, getting the ball out of his hands. Um, held it long maybe one or tw- one or two times. A um, big thing with him is he probably missed about three three big plays. I think one he didn't see, and two others we just we just missed the throw by. You know, eight eight to sixteen inches. Um, so we'll watch the film, but I thought both guys played solid, but not not near the way that they practiced, and not near the way that we need them to play for us to win. That's
0: David Sean. If you go back to uh, last week's episode previewing this game, I said that 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 Jack West and Tanner McKee need to combine to make four big throws. You know, big games. Chain movers, touchdowns, whatever they need to combine to make four big throws, and by my judging, they only made three. Tanner McKee with the twenty-yarder to uh, to John Humphreys on, on a third down late in the first quarter. Uh, McKee again to Humphreys from twenty not for twenty-nine yards on the first drive of the third quarter, and then McKee's touchdown to a uh, Bryson Tremaine uh, in the fourth quarter. On that first quarter throw to Humphreys, McKee audibled to a back shoulder fade. That was impressive stuff. And, and, and maybe that's, that's tangible evidence uh, to those of us outside the program that maybe Tanner McKee ha- has a bit more of a command of, of, of the offense than, than maybe we might think. McKee seemed to get more of the chance to show what he could do. West didn't get a lot of help. Then again, he made two critical errors with those two errant balls uh, that turned into interceptions. That first one particularly galling, as he had he had Ben Benjorosic wide open underneath the short stick route, just turn inside and hit him, but the ball sailed on him and went high and wide to the right and right into the arms of a waiting Kansas State defender. The second interception was, was, was pretty tough, too, as that ball just sailed on him as he tried for, for Bryson Tremaine on the post. Whether this all means that David Shaw and the coaches have seen enough and are ready to, to, to declare a QB1 for, for this week against USC, I don't know. I don't know. Now, here's why it wouldn't surprise me if they don't. Go back, if you want to hit the rewind button and, and go back a couple minutes, go back and listen to David Shaw's postgame assessment once again. And I picked this up in real time. When he was talking about Jack West... And some of the struggles that he had throughout the course of the game, he attributed those struggles by Jack West to being behind the chains. Something that might not necessarily be all on Jack's shoulders. You know, an offensive lineman misses a block, which happened, you know, and drops a running back for a big loss all of a sudden, second and 14, you can't do what you need to do. That's not necessarily Jack's fault. Not necessarily. So, when talking about West, he mentioned things that were net that probably or, or maybe weren't necessarily within Jack's control. When talking about McKee, he noted that Tanner missed three big plays, those things were in McKee's control. So, I found that intriguing. I mean, am I reading too much into this? Probably. And, 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 you know, maybe that, maybe that sets the stage once again for, for West and McKee to be rotating once again against USC. We'll find out, I'm sure we'll see the depth chart on Monday or Tuesday at the very latest and perhaps maybe start to get some answers by them. But I, I still found that I still found that a bit intriguing. And if Stanford is still in an or situation with the QB position on their depth chart, it wouldn't surprise me one bit based on that answer. But let's see maybe David Shaw takes a look at the film and comes away with other opinions. Now, all of that being said, neither quarterback really got much help. Now, sometimes they did. Sometimes they did. We mentioned Tanner McKee hitting uh, John Humphreys on a 29-yard play down the sideline uh, in the third quarter. Beautiful rainbow ball from, from McKee to Humphreys. But that play doesn't happen without terrific pass protection by Nathaniel Pete playing running back, stepping up and just stoning the blitzing linebacker and given McKee just enough time to make that throw. So sometimes the quarterbacks got the help they needed around them. But for the most part, they didn't. Certainly not from their offensive line. More on that later. And there were times where when the substitution patterns didn't seem crisp and where it seemed like the play calls were coming in a bit too late in the play clock and Stanford had to call timeouts. We've seen that movie before, and we talked about this with Evan Moore, uh, the uh, Fox and Sirius XM college football analyst and the former Stanford wide receiver on last week's TreeCast. It's not just all on the quarterbacks here. Quarterbacks need help. They need help, maybe more more help now than ever, in order for each of them to respectively shine and for each of them to, to help lead this team to where it needs and wants to go. By and large, neither Wes nor McKee got that help. After the game, Bryson Tremaine mentioned something that, that caught my ear. And it was something I was thinking about as I was watching this in real time. But uh, take a listen to this. Bryson was asked to describe his touchdown. And within his response, maybe might lie a key to Stanford's offensive uh, philosophy, so to speak going forward here's Bryson Tremaine
2: yeah I just think that that last that drive that our scoring drive I think the offense was just flowing nicely and you know we were just it was a little more up-tempo and yeah I trusted Tanner you know to throw the ball in the right spot just high and I got up and I went up and got it for him uh, like we do in practice all the time
0: that's Bryson Tremaine and that's certainly something I noticed as that drive unfolded in real time and Part of Stanford's effectiveness, that drive, was, you know, let's face it, it looked like Kansas State kind of backed off and played a little bit softer. You know, it wasn't like Stanford had a 24-point play (laughs) that they could break out of of their hats and somehow get back into the game by that point. Heck, for a while, I wasn't sure that Stanford had a six-point play. But the offense did seem to function better when the tempo got turned up, when they ratcheted things up a bit. Certainly as opposed to that first half of that first drive of the second half rather when it just moved like molasses and Stanford got called for two penalties and they had to call two timeouts and, and then they ended up getting sacked twice after getting to the Kansas State 24 and then having to punt that drive was just ugliness to watch it was unfortunate but when Stanford it seemed perhaps had less to think about And was just placed in a position where they had to to react and just or or not even react, but just go, just act, and just take over the tempo a bit. Stanford seemed to to go to, to run at a bit better pace and seemed to be a bit more efficient. We have seen Stanford do this before. It's not like it's a revelation with Stanford going up tempo. I mean, I, I know what the brand is. I know what the narrative is. Is that Stanford likes to go ground and pound? They like to run all the play clock down to two seconds every single time and run the ball again and again and again and again. And and, and look, you know, David, I've, I've I've mentioned this multiple times on the Treecast. David Shaw would love to win a street fight, but he also wouldn't mind having the ability to win in the track meet either. He wouldn't mind having the ability to choose. So perhaps based on what we saw that final drive for Stanford against Kansas State on Saturday, maybe we might see a bit more of Stanford going up tempo. Maybe with McKee running the show because he was the quarterback who was who was at the helm when Stanford was going faster. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not an offensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's certainly something I would explore against USC. So I, I found that intriguing what uh, Bryson Tremaine told us in the media afterwards. So, So where does this leave the offense? Hopefully this is the floor. Hopefully what we saw here is the floor. We saw a little bit of good, but a whole lot of the other stuff that has at times held Stanford back. The penalties, the overall lack of execution, the slow play calling, all of those things. Shaw says he'll look at the film, and as I say this on on Sunday morning, I'm sure he's ensconced in the office. I'm pretty sure that he might have spent the plane ride heading back looking at some things as well. Shaw says he'll look at the film. Will the film be kinder to McKee than to West? We all have opinions, but only one man's interpretation of that film matters. And we might get that answer perhaps when we see the The next depth chart come out for Stanford either on Monday or Tuesday at the latest. We'll go to the other side of the ball in just a moment. But first, a reminder of exciting news. The Believe Podcast Network partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in every week. They'll select the top, the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Everyone can use a little swag. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contests, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. We're breaking down Stanford's results, a 24-7 loss to Kansas State in the season opener. Obviously, I, I always, as always, I always welcome your thoughts on, on Stanford football. The best way to uh, do so is send me the tweet and give it the hashtag #TreeCast. cast. Hashtag tree cast. Anything you've got on your mind with Stanford football, I certainly welcome um, your opinions. It's just the start. It's just the start. We got a lot to sort through as the season goes along. Uh, we've discussed the offense, which I'm sure many of you have thoughts on. Switching over to the defense, and boy, that was a rough start. That was a rough, rough start. Kansas State immediately finding inside linebacker Tristan Sinclair in coverage, which was a bit of an Achilles' heel for Sinclair a couple of years ago. We didn't see him in 2020, but 2019 teams would find him in pass coverage and get and get chain movers, or if not big gains at times. Kansas State immediately found that and uh, and was able to get some big gains early on. Safety Kendall Williamson decided to help out on an already double-covered receiver. That left another KSU receiver open for a 55-yard gain. And the Wildcats caught him in a blitz on 3rd and 13. Deuce Vaughn found the gap and sprinted for a 59-yard touchdown run that made it 14-0. Former uh, Stanford linebacker A.J. Tarpley, by the way, who was a guest on the TreeCast last fall, really great chat. Go back and listen to that. I highly highly encourage you to check it out. But uh, A.J. Tarpley had had an intriguing tweet right after that touchdown as uh, he said, look, you know, hey, you know, if you're going to blitz, everyone's got to know their gaps. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, but gap responsibility takes precedence overall if you're blitzing. Stanford didn't have gap responsibility there as uh, Vaughn found the hole and no one touched him for the most part on his way to the end zone. So Kansas State with 240 yards of offense at the half and, And it appeared that all of our nightmares about the Stanford defense were coming true. But a funny thing happened in the second half. Stanford settled down. It woke up. Guys started getting in the backfield. And they almost single-handedly kept Stanford within shouting distance. While the Stanford offense was shooting themselves in the foot, getting called for penalties and turning the ball over, Stanford defense actually played quite well throughout much of the second half. Inside linebacker Ricky Miazon on the differences for the Cardinal between the first half and the second half. The first one or two drives, um, specifically I know for the inside linebackers,
3: that was a lot of our guys, you know, first, you know, I'd been injured two seasons. Levani's only been played in five games. Tristan's played in a couple of games. So, you know, nerves were high, um, heart rates were high. And then once we kind of settled in and just calmed down, you know, we started, you know, did everything we practiced this week was what they were doing. so it was much easier to just play fast. Um, and I think going forward that's kind of what we got to do is just calm down. you know we've practiced what we've done all week so just execute. That's the biggest thing is execute.
0: Yeah, we saw a lot more of Ricky Miaison certainly on blitzes in the second half as he was able to get into the backfield. Stephen Heron, uh doing what he does best, getting into the backfield and making big plays and uh, and, and chasing guys down. Tristan Sinclair improved in coverage. Kansas State tried him again, but but Sinclair made plays in the second half. And Thomas Booker, after a bit of a slow start for him at times, there was one play where Skyler Thompson just bounced off of him and kept going and had a chain-moving run in the first half. Booker was quite disruptive, especially in the third quarter. That was fun to see. So it was nice to see Stanford rebound defensively. Now, all of this, of course, was without Jacob Mangum Farrar, who, as we mentioned at the top of the show, a late scratch beforehand with an undisclosed injury. David Shaw expects JMF to be back next week, and Ricky Miaison, for one, can't wait to have number 14 back out. There. Our group only gets better next week, so that's something that's exciting is, you know, we get 14
3: back, and, you know, me and Hit, it's, it's definitely going to be... A bit of an emotional game because that's where me and him both got injured is at sc so you know this is a little bit of a redemption tour for me and him
0: so we're really looking to get out them so i'm excited to get him back the whole group's excited to get him back yeah that'll be a subplot to watch for this upcoming saturday down in la and we'll talk we'll obviously talk much more about usc later this week but um their offense didn't exactly set the world on fire against san jose state from from what i saw uh of that game yeah Hmm. Interesting things. And I think that Stanford might be able to take advantage of a few things. But again, we'll talk about that uh, on the TreeCast later on this week. Stanford defense didn't lay down. You know, coming out of the half, I said if the score is still 14-0 after Kansas State gets the ball to start the second half, Cardinals will have a chance. It was still 14-0 after K-State's first drive of the second half. And Stanford did have a chance. So it took a while. It took a while. But we started to see the things that the Stanford defense can do, and more importantly, needs to do, to get back into the upper tier of the Pac-12. Which, judging from what we saw Saturday, especially the Pac-12 North, might not be as far out of Stanford's reach as we thought. Washington, what are you doing? Losing to Montana at home, my God, ugh. Although I did pick them to finish fourth in the north I just have a funny feeling about the huskies we'll, we'll see we'll see about them. Hey congrats on, on on UCLA for beating LSU by the way knew that would happen And hey if, if Ethan Bonner hadn't been called for that offsides that led to Kansas State going up 17 nothing who knows who knows who knows what happens but Stanford defensively was the one reason why you were looking at the scoreboard and going wow how come Kansas State isn't up more than this? So a lot of work to do, to be sure, but kudos to the Stanford defense for its efforts against the Wildcats. Speaking of kudos, let's bring back a fan favorite, a listener favorite, a TreeCast favorite on the program, a favorite feature on the show, stock up and stock down. Stock up, a game ball of sorts. Stock down, someone who probably might need to Stay in for a little extra credit after class. Let's fire this up with the going stock up. And I thought about EJ Smith for a brief moment because I, he was certainly impressive uh, towards the end um, of the game. But overall, uh, there was one clear choice to me for stock up for Stanford this week. Caillou Blue Kelly, the corner, whom David Shaw has been raving about all throughout training camp and continued um, into this game as uh, Kelly with... A terrific interception as Skylar Thompson tried the corner pattern and terrific ball recognition, ball skills, high-pointing it, making the catch at the highest point, just dragging the toe. Hey, in real time, real speed with a naked eye, I thought that was an incomplete pass. But Kelly able to drag a foot, keep it inbounds, and make an eye-popping interception to to really preserve Stanford's uh, place in that game and keep Stanford in that game a lot longer than perhaps it deserved to be. Ricky Miazon was impressed with that play, but not surprised. Yeah. Either. I
3: mean, Caillou's just, he's that kind of DB. He makes big time plays and you know, this all camp, he's been making those kind of plays. So that's what we expect from him. But you know, it was, it was, it was, it was really good to see that come come to life and, and uh, you know, when the lights come on, but that's, that's what Caillou does. He's been doing it all camp. So you know, we almost expect it from him.
0: That's Ricky on. and yeah, that was the one play that was keeping Stanford in it until it became seventeen nothing. Stanford's best interception since Paulson the Debo snare in the 2018 big game, maybe, maybe, certainly in the conversation. Stock up, Caillou Blue Kelly. Well, well impressed and well done by that young man. What goes up must come down. Sometimes, let's go stock down. <laughs> This was a surprise to me, and and at times a real shock. The offensive line, Stanford's offensive line, not its finest hour, particularly particularly the tackles. Walter Rouse on the left and Miles Hinton on the right. Hinton got called for an early false start, and in the third quarter got freight trained on third down and forcing an incomplete pass uh, by Jack West that prevented him from from making a chain-moving throw. And Rouse had got Rouse got called for two holding penalties, a false start and was beaten on third and short early in the game that prevented Stanford from moving the chains on a running play to the left by Austin Jones. Tough, tough afternoon. And Shaw, I asked
1: Shaw for his initial read on the offensive lines day afterwards. penalties were, were difficult to handle um, guys behind on the chains and then we got behind on the scoreboard and there is a correlation there. Because um, when we didn't, we didn't hurt ourselves. We got positive yards, and we were able to move the ball. Um, you know, that's tough to say. It's hard to make that judgment until you get a chance to see the film. Um, but the the penalties and uh, and some of the sloppy sloppy play with our hands were were difficult. Um, when we did our jobs up front, we had some nice lanes to run the ball. But uh, once again, what we got, once we got down, uh, it became very difficult.
0: Yeah, pretty tough sliding. And, and and look, you know, give give Kansas State some credit. They're pretty quick and they're pretty active. But no push at all from the Stanford offensive line really at any point we thought and we we saw some some markedly improved run blocking from Stanford up front from 2019 to 2020 and that made me think even with the new center in Drake Nugent that run blocking would be a strength for Stanford in 2021 didn't see it didn't see it at all for Stanford in this one Matter of fact, Stanford running backs with just 15 carries and just 46 yards on the ground, nowhere near productive enough. And a lot of that's on the offensive line. And unfortunately, a lot of that was on the tackles. Rouse and Hinton particularly struggled. And I think uh, they've got, uh, I think the whole offensive line really Uh, Barrett Miller got the start at left guard, by the way, was replaced at times by, spelled at times by Jake Hornerbrook, and Branson Bragg stayed in at right guard throughout the entirety of the game. But the offensive line pains me to say this. Stock down. And when the offensive line isn't doing what it needs to do, by and large, the Stanford offense is not going to be able to achieve what it can. Now, it's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Just one game, and it's just the start of the season, folks. And hopefully that's a good thing. The more optimistic members of the Stanford fan base already immediately after the game was done were bringing up 1999 when Stanford got spanked by Texas 69-17 to in the first game of the season. And folks were bringing up 2015 as well where Stanford played the Northwestern Wildcats and got embarrassed on national TV in an early in an early Pacific Time start in the Central Time Zone, and in both of those seasons, Stanford ended up in the Rose Bowl. Well, I, I I'm not gonna go there, right? I, I'd love to, <laughs> I would love to. I'm not gonna go there just yet, but I will say this: it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning, and whether that is a positive thing will remain to be seen. Still a lot of answers. I'm not sure exactly how many questions we got answered. And, you know, how many are you going to get answered in game one? I'm still not sure exactly how many questions we got answered. We'll get even more answers coming up on Saturday at USC. The TreeCast will be in Los Angeles for that, by the way. Looking forward to, to hitting the road, heading to the Coliseum, and being in the house in person for Stanford football. We, of course, will come at you on Thursday, I believe, is when our next uh, show is likely to be posted. And, of course, we'll give you a full breakdown of Stanford, USC. Okay, I'll stop there. Yes, it's that week. It is that week coming up. So Stanford USC will form the bulk of our programming for the next TreeCast, which in all likelihood will come your way on Thursday. Again, uh, I highly encourage you to be interactive on this show. Hit me up on Twitter, hashtag TreeCast. But above all, above all, subscribe to the show. That way when I post these things twice a week, Normally, Thursdays and Sundays, they might change here and there, depending upon Stanford's football schedule, and quite honestly, depending upon my Pac-12 network uh, game calling schedule as well, Uh, but generally, these will come away Thursdays and Sundays, so you don't have to be sitting there waiting and hitting refresh, 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 refresh every time. No, you subscribe to the show via your favorite listening app, Apple Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart then you know what? The next show will be right in your inbox and ready to go right in your queue so you can just hit the play button and enjoy. Even when we're talking about things that may might not be quite so enjoyable. But subscribe to the show, download it, listen, rate the show, and review the program. I always appreciate those. And react to it on your friendly neighborhood message board. So the TreeCast is here. And we'll take you through the entire Stanford football season twice a week from here on out. Next show coming your way Thursday, Stanford USC taking top billing then. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. You heard from post-game guests, Stanford head coach David Shaw, Stanford wide receiver Bryson Tremaine, and Cardinal linebacker Ricky Mieza. We will talk to you later on in the week. and Get you ready for the Cardinal and the Trojans, a week two tradition unlike any other. It still was better when these games were played in in November, right? Oh, progress, I guess. Uh, Don't drink and drive if you do. You're the dumbest person on the planet. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane. Wear a mask when it's smart, and get vaccinated. As I've said on Twitter before, you can't back the pack if you don't back the vac. We'll talk to you next time on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger the ones who get it done.